What's up guys? Today I have the one and only same name as me, Sammy Alarashi. Yes, uh just to give him a little introduction. Sammy is a Moroccan professional basketball player who is uh currently playing for CDL Agre in the Spanish third division. He played for the Moroccan na National U16 team and he also went to the Basketball Without Borders camp. He also played at the Coast High School in Saudi Arabia. For his uh, high school career and then he went on to play at um play university basketball at mcgill university in quebec and he has also started on the moroccan national team on several occasions at a uh, pretty young age which is pretty impressive um hey sam how, sammy how are you doing how are things over in spain you know you've been dealing with any culture shock living out there on your own now you know how have things how have things been it's been good man i can't lie i mean the culture shock, not too bad, because honestly, it was a culture shock going to Canada for the first time God. and living on my own for four years, you know, and it's far away, the, the cold especially. But now coming back here, it's nearly like coming back home. I mean, Morocco yeah. and Spain were so close. It's it's basically the same. Um, so it's, it hasn't been too bad, but it's more of a basketball culture shock because now it's a professional life. You know, you're living with professionals. Uh, yeah. You eat, sleep, and drink basketball all day, right? So it's, it's a different type of life, lifestyle. I I really didn't think about it that way, but now that makes more sense that it would be yeah. more of a shock going to Canada and Spain. And, oh, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. What, <laughs> what's the transition been like um, just going from, you know, university basketball to being a pro now? I mean, yeah, probably the biggest thing is just the schedule. I mean, now, like, because before you, everything was revolved around school, right? Like, I mean, you, your, your schedule was adjusted based off of classes or exams or whatever. Yeah. For example, I think, I mean, you sports are going to have the exam break soon. But yeah. here it's just basketball all day. I mean, you have to practice twice a day every day. Um, you get like you just you live basketball. You're you're always getting ready for the next weekend game. It's a game every week. We're like not even halfway through the season now. It's been at least two months. So yeah, no, it's it's more just. I mean, this is your job, right? It's it's uh, it's what pays the bills. So it's a different type of lifestyle. Yeah. How's the how's the season been going? Not not great, not great. Okay. I'm not I'm not gonna lie. We we're not doing too well. But apparently, this is a, a reoccurring theme in, in this team. Yeah. Uh, that they have slow starts and then pick it up later. But no, I mean the league is tough this year. I mean they a lot a lot of really really good players that played first second division elsewhere uh, around Europe came to this league, and so uh, you know the level went up quite a bit considerably. So yeah. we just have to make the adjustments. Yeah, that's it's all about making adjustments, man, and. I know it, it must be pretty tough because I, just from what I know from U Sports, I know a couple of guys, I know Kamel Archer and a couple other players, their pipeline, like where they went to play pro after, all of them played in the, the fourth division instead of the third. Yeah. Yeah, 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 so how, how did you end up getting that connection and ended up getting a, connect, a, a tryout for the team and making it? Yeah, for sure. I mean, I so I, I mean, honestly, I grew up playing in Spain pretty much like when I was 12 13 and 14 i played in a so morocco has two cities that are called like enclaves and yeah. they're part of spain right ceuta and melia so i played oh, for yeah. ceuta when i was a, a kid i would drive up every weekend from from where i lived uh and play there and that allowed me to play around spain so from that i already had a bit of connections uh with coaches and people my father obviously is a coach so he has some, yeah. he knew some people 
and then to be honest, I just I just paid for my own flight from Canada, packed up all my bags from from my dorm and university, came here, and I knew a coach that was coaching here and said, "Hey, can I just practice?" I didn't even I didn't even think it was a tryout. I just wanted to come nice. practice and then find a. I was I honestly thought I was going to play fourth division somewhere else yeah. and then just use this time to practice and, and get to know the, the level. But then I, I did pretty well in the first few practices, and then they, they let me stay on for preseason. Uh, so it was more like a tryout for preseason, and then eventually got signed. But but yeah, no, it was really just, you know, luck of the draw that uh, I happened to know someone, and they were looking for someone like me, right, to, to fill the last roster spot. Yeah, and you you also, um, I, think, I think you played four years, so you could have played another year. And you yeah, decided no, to, and, you know, just got, <clears throat> jump to pro. Like, what, what was the thought process behind that? Yeah, that was a that was a tough one. I'm not gonna lie, because I um, obviously like all Canadian basketball players got hit really hard last year, not having a season, and that was supposed to be my senior year. Um, you know, and I and like, all the guys that stayed to, to do their fifth year, they're like some of my best friends, right, for life. Yeah. So that was a really really tough one because we really wanted to run it back, and we had a good year, team this year. I was working out with them all summer, and I, it really was a last second decision. Like I said, I bought the flight maybe three four days before I left because I, I still hadn't decided whether I was gonna stay or not at McGill. But at the end of the day, I thought, you know, might as well go challenge myself, get out of my comfort zone, do something new, um, and then see see what happens with it. Yeah, it takes, it takes some balls, man. It takes some yeah, balls. Yeah, that's it. Was a tough, it was a tough decision. It was a tough for sure. one, but I hope it's paying yeah. off so far. Um, one thing I want to ask you is, you're very, you're a very traveled basketball player. Like, you know, you you're born in Morocco. You played there. You said you even played for some Spanish teams, and then you went to Saudi Arabia to play high school, went to Canada right. to play university, and now you're back in Spain. Um, what what country did you have the most fun in, and what country does you know most of your game come from? That's a good one. I mean, the most fun, man, I don't know. I like, I'd probably have to say Spain, to be honest, because when I was a, like, and this is I'm talking more of when I was a kid. It was it was the funnest time because we were, I was traveling around the world. I'm um, oh, sorry, around Spain and playing against like some of the best yeah. players in the world. Like, I was in tournaments where Luka Doncic was playing, yeah. and, you know, things like that. Like you you were there like with with some of the best. I wasn't like I didn't grow up in North America, so like a lot of my friends would play with like NBA guys or guys that yeah. you know went high D one, whereas I was just more with the European um, players. So that was really fun. And I say my game probably as well comes comes a little bit from from spanish game i'd say yeah i mean i i'm always i knew like like you said i am you know well traveled in terms of basketball but i was never like in a in a in a, in a normal situation where i never really had full seasons when i was a kid like i was always just yeah kind of in countries where basketball wasn't developed you know what i mean so i'm honestly super fortunate to even to even have played um university yeah. basketball i always knew that it was going to be a tough thing i mean saudi arabia like you know you, no one would ever think of basketball <laughs> yeah that so that was, I mean, you know, mostly because of my father that he, he, he knew that I had to always go and challenge myself and play against better players because uh, the competition wasn't always there. But yeah. but yeah, I would say my game probably came most from Spain. So I want to I wanna ask you about, you know, you going to Canada and like what the culture shock was there. But before you even got to Canada, how, like how, how did you get recruited from a school in Saudi Arabia to go to a university in Canada where, you know, they mostly recruit local guys? Like, how did that come about? Yeah, for sure. I mean, and so like, I mean, like I said, it, I knew that it would be my, like my odds of, of getting anything were like so slim. Yeah. Um, and I think I was maybe starting in like 10th grade. 
like my dad's sat me down he said listen like if you want to do this like there's it's going to be very hard but it's, it's certainly possible but it, it would just have to take like a really unconventional way of doing things so i started to i flew i, I did some camps in the u.s i did camps in europe the national team helps a lot i'll be honest like playing on the junior national yeah. team because that gives you exposure to africa and then i was i got to do basketball the borders that also gives you a lot of exposure more to the u.s yeah. um and then i ended up i had some interest from u.s schools but my parents as this was also like during the the political um election of trump right oh, so it was, yeah. you know, politically they it to send someone's kid to, to the u.s wasn't like the best thing yeah. and also like i i knew that the canadian schools were great um, and then from there, I, I just literally sent emails to every single coach in, in U Sports, probably. Yeah. There aren't that many, but every yeah. single coach, assistant coach, all that. I booked workouts with, I think, four or five teams and then ended up, you know, getting a, uh, an offer from McGill. And, and, and I'm, I'm pretty academically minded, too, so I thought yeah. it's the it's the best combination right and then at the end of the day too people people don't respect canadian basketball enough right i mean like you have you have carlton slapping up d1 teams when we when my, yeah. in my freshman year we were we were beating a bunch of, of d1 teams that came came up north so yeah um, it really was a great great balance between basketball and, and academics yeah man that's really true especially i saw like they even they beat Wisconsin the year that they went oh, to yeah. the Final Four and oh yeah Indiana Duke Alabama. didn't even want to play them when Duke went on their Canada oh tour, yeah they, they, they did not want to smoke no no they did not want to like that. even Caleb Agata now who played for I think he played for oh, Ottawa yeah. GGS and now he's getting um he got he went to the summer league he could yeah, have he signed played in, the he played in Spain yeah yeah he's and I think he's out in Australia now but yeah I think yeah. U Sports yeah, yeah, yeah. is really it's a really good opportunity now for players. Oh, so, big time! Yeah, big so time. you come from Saudi Arabia, and then you know you know you find yourself in the dorms of McGill and you know, <laughs> in this new foreign land where you know the, just the university life. Like, how was that? Yeah, it's and crazy. Were there any any stories you have of just like strange things happening that you weren't used to? Oh yeah, I mean I have so many. I mean like I I remember just arriving. I mean the the first day I arrived, I didn't have a phone plan, and I didn't have a bank account. I had like two hundred dollars or whatever, and like I did not. They just dropped me off in like an apartment, so yeah. I did not know what to do, where to go. So I just walked <laughs> to the gym, got some instructions, found like found some Wi-Fi. So that was cool. But then, but I mean it's 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 the winter to be honest. Like like that shit is hard, you know. Like especially Montreal winter. I mean obviously anyone yeah, can yeah. really, but. That Dude, Saudi Arabia you know? is hot too. <laughs> exactly. Saudi. Saudi's like one of the hottest yeah. countries in the world. I was used to my winters were like thirty degrees sometimes, <laughs> you know? And then you get to like minus forty with the wind chill and all that. And then it's also like the mental side of things, right? You're by yourself. Um like I think we're maybe one or two other international guys on the team, but you know, all all players I were either from Toronto or, or, yeah. or Montreal, right? So to have family close and to, to sort of know know how things work. Um, you know, it, it, it speeds up the learning curve for them. Whereas for me, it's like, damn, you know, you got to get mm-hmm. used to both the basketball side of things as well as the, the social side of things. Um, so it took some time for sure. When do you think, like, which year was the year that you were, like, started to really settle in and things were more normal? Yeah, I'd say probably my third year, to be honest, uh, basketball-wise. End of my second year, third year. Uh, because, I mean, well, I, I joined a really, really good team. Like yeah. we, it was, so it was, it was very very hard to get playing time already, and I'm, um, I think it was yeah preseason my my freshman year, um, 
I got I got a little bit of playing time in, in preseason where we went to we went to a tournament in Costa Rica, yeah. which was really cool. Played some D one teams, and then I busted out my ankle. I think I tore like Damn. a bunch of ligaments, so I was out for like I don't know how long. Um, so that really like slimmed down your chances of, of even getting practice time. Um, and then yeah, second year was also tough on and off. We didn't we didn't have a great uh, team season, and then towards the end of the year, I, I, I sort of broke through and got got more time. And then third year. Uh, you get more comfortable basketball wise, but then I mean, on the other side, like just socially and academically, it wasn't as bad to be honest. Um, there are a lot of international kids in Montreal at McGill, um, so you get used to it. Yeah, pretty quick. And that's that's something people don't really realize as much about youth sports is just how competitive it is. And most, I don't know if it was. Will you talk about like not even playing until your third year? I don't know if it was the same yeah. with your team, but. A lot of teams have like twenty plus guys, oh, so yeah. you can. Oh, yeah. There's like literally cases of players who, you know, they really they go to prep school, they take everything super seriously, and you know they dedicate their life to basketball, and they don't even get to play until there. Some 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 players don't even get to play at all. There's there's some yeah. cases it's rare, but some players don't get to play at all. So yeah, it's really. It's really tough, and it's really good that you came, that you know, you pulled through, and now you're playing pro. Hundred percent, and and I'll be honest, like it, what you say, it rings true, like in so many yeah. ways, because there are those few guys, and like some of my good friends were those guys that, like, right off the bat, they got the playing time, and like you earn the coach's trust. But like, if you're not in that like select few, like you're in the trenches, and like you gotta accept it, and yeah. it's it's fucking hard because you got, you know people were just dropping, right? Like, especially at McGill when it's a really yeah. tough academic school. Like, if you can't balance it and you can't take the pressure, like, I had, I knew so many people that, that quit, right? Yeah. And like you said, you're, you're with the, you're at 20 guys, but at yeah. the, by the end of the season, you're, you're down to like 13. Yeah. And when also uh, when you're, so yeah. <laughs> you're doing that, just like, just coming to a new country, you don't really know anything. All of the sudden, everyone's bigger and faster than you, and it's just exactly yeah, it's just really tough. So I just wanted yeah. now. I just want to get uh, for my Moroccan viewers out there, which I know there are many. I just want to oh, nice. start, you know, asking you some just some questions about the national team, just starting with with the youth team. Just what, what was your experience like on the Moroccan U sixteen team, just going out and playing those different oh, teams that in was, Africa? That was crazy. Yeah, I mean, like. Well, Morocco, like our our whole youth development was was really in shambles. It still is. Um, it's getting a little, a little shambles, better, shambles, shambles. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure you've heard if if you've spoken to anyone yeah. back home. But so like I like there had not been a national team, any junior national team for like five years before that. Yeah. I don't think there was any five years after. Right. So we were like everyone's riding on like our like little under yeah. sixteen team, and we were not a great generation. Like, I'm not gonna be uh, like I'm yeah. not gonna like sugarcoat like we weren't like we didn't have like crazy good players yeah and so we went there like it was it was crazy we um trying to remember yeah i think we lost like the first four games we're like dead last in the group yeah and then we played the first quarter final i don't i don't think we won but like we weren't we weren't trying yeah. to like do that but then the qualifying games like we had a crazy had a crazy game i think it was south africa yeah and we beat them and then all of a sudden we finished ahead of like tunisia ahead of nigeria Damn. ahead of like a bunch of teams so that was really cool. Yeah. Um, but I mean, it also is like for the guys that like didn't continue playing basketball professionally, it was like, you know, it was a peak of, of their yeah. highlight, a uh, highlight of their, their basketball career, right? You get to play on the international stage. You're 16. You're just with your good friends, like having a good time. So it was, yeah. it was really cool. 
And you you mentioned there's no, you know, Morocco doesn't have any youth teams at the moment, and they haven't for the last five years. With yeah. with you know the experience you have playing on the team, how how important do you think it is for them to have a, a like youth teams? And oh, it's it's the most important thing in the world. I mean, they like if if I'm being honest, like and and, and the thing is because you're seeing it now in the in the senior national team, like we there's a, there's yeah. a whole gap, and because there was the golden generation of the Literally. guys I played with when I was really young, and now there's a, a huge gap of players that like or just neglected when they were young or just yeah. never, you know, had the exposure experience. And that's because they didn't have junior national team experiences. Um, and, and yeah, it's, it's, it's a huge problem. Like it's, it's, yeah, it's tough. It's completely necessary. Especially yeah. also, it's just the athletes aren't there as much. And I feel, I feel like the training was never that good, but you just had such like freaks of nature to the point that, you know oh, they yeah. make it good like i think i think like zuita had like an nba body like if yeah. Zu, if zuita had 100%. gotten the proper training and got the reps 100%. in he would have been able to go to the nba same with you know you could say the same for like chua larish oh, yeah. he's pretty athletic but haras haras was haras like, oh you know yeah that? yeah so, so haras like he was the guy that was supposed to be in the nba like yeah. everyone like said it, that guy should have should have made the league or at least like super super high euro league yeah that's like yeah. no because i i didn't really know haras because i haven't i didn't start watching the national team until like the last year or two yeah, so exactly. Yeah, I would he, see he him, and he was yeah. more—he was more of like a fringe of the roster type of guy. And then, exactly as I started, if you getting, look back in yeah, the day, as I started getting more and more interested in Moroccan basketball, I watched like the 2015 Afro Basket. Yeah, I think it was. He was like, he was like 20. Oh maybe. my god, he was yeah. so good, and all the all the announcers were like, "Oh, like you should leave yep. the Moroccan league. You should go play in Spain and all that." So yep. yeah, just. Yep just sucks you know what's happening to moroccan basketball yeah. but at the end of the day it is what it is and you it's, know, it's opportunity for change right? yeah i hope i hope we change also i think if we're talking about next next people to go to the nba um i don't know if you know adeline butaib butaib of course, of course yeah of course, he of course. is yeah, yeah, yeah. oh my i just found out about him a couple months ago and i Oh really? Yeah, yeah I've been trying talking to, to him yeah. for a couple of years. Yeah, I'm yeah. trying to get him on the podcast. We've been we've been scheduling it, but oh, you have to for yeah, sure. Man, seven feet, he can move like yep. a guard. He can shoot the yep. ball. He's going to Florida State, so yeah. You know. What what do you think his chances are of making it to the NBA? To be honest, I don't. I haven't like watched him too much. Like it, there uh, isn't his, that much like film out there. On yeah, him, exactly. Man. It's it's a little tough, but like, I mean the the. Like on paper, he's yeah, he's amazing, right? Like he's got he's got it all. Um, maybe I guess he probably could could get a bit thicker, right? Like, yeah, yeah. Um, hit the hit the weight room, which I'm sure they'll make him do at Florida State. Of that's course. that's a guarantee, right? <laughs> uh, but at the end of the day, it's on it's all mental. At the end of the day, man, like it really is like yeah, this this little like piece of real estate up here, and that that's gonna determine it all. So hopefully, he keeps the right people around him, doesn't listen to yeah to too many people, and just keeps his head down. So. Yeah, but speaking of which, I don't know if you do you know uh, Brahim Amzil. Oh, I just so, saw his shot. I saw his you shot. You saw that. The other you day. saw that game winner against yeah, Kansas that's, last night. There's him, and then there's also another guy, but he plays. He played for the U20 France team. I just found out. Uh, okay. I, I, like I think Hezi basketball. 
posted oh, it. Oh, they yeah, did that. Okay, yeah. okay. So that that's the only other guy I know. But I don't know if Brahim is still like illegible because he played. Yeah, I've been, I've been, tr- I've been trying. I'm gonna try because I know his his dad was. Yeah, you. Uh, I see him on the Facebook group yeah, chat. Yeah, that's pretty pretty time. active in Moroccan basketball. Yeah, so. Yeah. But I don't know. I mean, he's he's really good. Like Finland is. They're gonna they're gonna certainly put money up for him, right? Because yeah, he's one of their best players. So. Yeah, there's a lot of, a lot of um, talent overseas like people who are yeah. moroccan but they're living a lot even yeah, yeah, yeah. there's aline there's him there's i don't know if you might know him from u sports but uh yasin joseph oh played, of course yeah, for yeah, Carlton. Yeah, yeah. i talked to him a lot he's yeah, moroccan yeah, yeah. yeah so he was he was about to come on the national team with us like we it was yeah. it was this close yeah, yeah, yeah this close man and it just like apparently a lot like so a lot of people in the federation are like too nationalistic or they think that you know the players aren't going to show up but you know, I still. I don't even know. For me, for me, it's like I understand you want to rebuild like the basketball in the country first or whatever. Right. Just right, fix right. the system, but it's like, why? Why not just not have an ass team for like five years, right. ten years? Right. Then I'm I'm sure like the interest in the sport in Morocco will go up as they see their country exactly. play better, but. I don't know. So it's out of our control for the most part. So, it really is. Yeah. It really is. Now I remember. Um, I think it was like my second year on the national team. They brought. Um, I don't know if you know Suf- Sufian Mensah. No. He played at Rutgers, um, and he mm. came and he did the whole training camp with us, all the way up until the last week before the tournament, and then like they couldn't work out his passport or something, right? So it's just yeah, it's tough, man. It's really tough. Yeah. So speaking of the Moroccan national team, I just wanted to ask you about your experiences there you played there you played there at you know very young age and i read a story that even there was like a problem with the luggage so then there's only eight people on the team so you just get pushed in you pushed into the starting lineup and you know into big minutes just how was that experience and what were some challenges you faced at you know playing in such a big role on a big stage at 18 19 years old for sure man that that probably was like like craziest basketball experience I've ever had. I mean, I was, um, yeah, I, I think yeah, I was a freshman at McGill. Yeah. Um, it was in November. So like this, it would have been like the same kind of FIBA world cup qualifier, like the first game. Um, like there were already problems with, you know, typical Moroccan issues. And so because of that, like they put us on three different flights, like two guys went on yeah. one flight and then another one. And then one, one group of guys, which had like all our, all our players is we thought, Kurdu, like all the like oh big time players, their, their bags got <laughs> neja, bags got lost, yeah. and so like you know, three four hours before the game, they're like, yeah, we we're not playing, Holy and shit. I'm here like, I've never played like national team ever. Like these guys are my idols. Like I've looked up to yeah. them my whole life, and I'm like, oh shit, okay. So we're we're six or seven guys playing against <laughs> Angola. Angola's like oh, one of the best yeah, athlete teams, literally. Like in Angola too, like yeah. huge crowd, and I'm like, oh shit, okay. <laughs> and then yeah, I I happened to like do well, and then that that like really you know solidified my my spot on the team. Yeah. But it was really just one of those like out of body like damn, like I can't believe you know I got this opportunity. Yeah, and it's all based off you know luck. <laughs> Pretty much, man. And yeah. who you were playing with, Al Ghazi and Abu Salah, and yeah, you know, I just your young generation was was picked for the qualifiers and most games leading up until that final Ugandan game. 
and then oh, for yeah. that he only picked locals do you like what do you think about that decision and do you think maybe it could have gone differently if you you know you and your guys got a better chance yeah i mean that that was that was a financial issue i know that oh, um, yeah. they couldn't they couldn't afford for for guys to be flown yeah. flown out um but yeah i mean so, well that was for the african qualifier the one like we were playing the world cup qualifiers and we also were really close like we yeah. we had made it to the second round uh we, we had knocked out congo who had like a bunch of guys and the world um, cup's probably a little harder to make than exactly the world cup is only, only five five yeah. african teams and we were the sixth best like we we had beaten angola yeah. and all that but it, it just came down to you know the little things yeah. which we never seemed to be able to figure out <laughs> how how were your experiences yeah. under you know the legendary saeed al buzidi as a coach i've heard you know many good things about him yeah, no, that was great, man. He, I, I owe, I owe him everything in terms of yeah. my national team experience because he, he gave me the, he, he, you know, put his trust in me, uh, when I was way too young and like yeah. probably didn't even deserve it to be honest, right? Like, um, but he, he trusted me and, and I, you know, I, I did what I could with it, so that was that was super cool. Um, but yeah, no, it was, it was, I, I, national team was always fun, man, because you, you with your really good friends, yeah. I see Abu Salam, like we, we hung out all the time, like. Yeah. It was like summer camp, right? You just yeah. <laughs> and also, how how were your experiences under um you know playing under your own father for the national team? Was that you know just how was that dynamic? Yeah, that was crazy too. I mean, I remember when they they announced that he would be. I mean, he had told me uh, a couple of days before, um, and and I was so happy for him because like I, like you know given Morocco's problems and 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 especially the fact that you need to completely you know take a radical change and, yeah. and focus on on developing the youth um my dad is the best person to do that and i knew that for sure um and then yeah i mean to then i got to to play with him in, in february because i wasn't playing at mcgill they had they had canceled the season so i thought why not i'll, I'll yeah. go and do whatever i can to help the team so that was interesting for sure as well but i mean it's at the end of the day it's uh you know you keep it professional he's, he's your dad of course yeah. but um when you're at the level of, of you know international play you can't really um put relationships and feelings uh in the mix so you just go play and do, do what you can right keep it professional and then hope for the best yeah just um for the podcast for anyone listening i'd like to you know say that i am i am team Nalful. i think labib you know did a good job with you know what he had <laughs> but you know, I'm I'm team bring now full back. You know, I I think you know the, the rebuild, rebuilding was a great idea, and I also think he wouldn't have been as hesitant to bring the help from outside that we need. And For you sure. know, it's just unfortunate that you know it ended up at like you know going down the way it went down. So yeah, I mean it's yeah. it's all who who knows, right? It's all yeah. behind the scenes. Politics, right? so. politics. Exactly, yeah. exactly. Yeah. So um. I just wanted to ask you, so you played on the national team. Most players on the national team, they just play, they play either for the Moroccan league or they'll play like in France somewhere. Right. Uh, You ended up playing for a Spanish team. Do you want to just explain, you know, why you made this decision? I don't know if it like it it has anything to do with you playing in Spain while you're young, but yeah. For sure. No, I mean like, to be honest, it's not like I had offers coming in from everywhere, right? Yeah, like yeah. I said, I just I booked a flight, bet on myself, and just said I'm gonna I'm gonna give it a try, right? Yeah. So that's that's probably the main reason, but also like I I I do know that, like I said, I wanted to go out of my comfort zone and enjoy the best 
I could in terms of basketball. And I think that Spain is one of the best countries yeah. in terms of basketball, or just pure basketball. Um, obviously, there are financial problems and social issues, all that stuff. Yeah. But in just terms of pure basketball, Spain is great. But yeah, I mean, honestly, if I, if if a team in France asked for me or Belgium or whatever, I would have yeah. gone as well, right? It didn't. It doesn't really matter. Yeah. In the um, not the near future, but the future future, would you ever be open to playing in the Moroccan league? Are we ever going to see you playing for Saleh in the BAL? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was actually there, there was a possibility this year that I, w- I would have gone to Morocco as well. Yeah. Um, but I mean, there the, were still complications around the season and, and all that, and yeah. I'd spoken to an agent in Morocco. Uh, but I mean, yeah, you never know. You never know. I really, you know, we'll see. We'll see how things evolve. Um, obviously, it would be cool to to go back home sometime. But uh, I'll just, you know, see what see how things Good. go. Great luck to Saleh. You know, they're doing the best of you know with what they have right now. I just saw exactly. that Miss um, Bahi is now the interim head coach, which is yep. Yep, I think he crazy. can have a great future future as a head coach. So yeah, no, I yeah. I knew I knew that was in the works from yeah, a long time ago because uh, he's been kind of a well, I would not in the BAL in the BAL he actually played really well. Yeah, but ever yeah. since he got injured, he's been you know he's been more of a players coach. Like yeah, you know what yeah. I, mean? I mean either way, it's incredible. I mean the guy's like forty two, I think. Yeah, yeah, because I, when I was yeah I was eighteen. Yeah, he's I think he's forty two. Yeah, I remember like. Coming in at 18, he was 39 or whatever, maybe yeah. on 1940. And, like, this dude was doing crazy things. I was like, what the hell? Like, And he looks young. Like, yeah. he's still jumpy, like, energetic. I'm like, wow. That's how old How old is Zuita? <sighs> Zuita, he's a bit younger, maybe, like, 35, 30 35, or something. Yeah. I would say. Yep, so. But yeah, man, that was that was a generation, man. If you go go look at the old tapes, man, that, that team could, could have done some serious damage. I saw Zuita breaking the net. Yeah, you got Hashad, Mohamed Hashad. Mohamed Hashad probably, like, oh, in terms of it. players outside he, Morocco, yeah, he has it. the best career. Is he the guy from France? Yeah. With the, yeah, yeah, yeah. the handles, handles? Oh, yeah, no. Well, no, he's new. So, I don't know if you know his story. You should actually ask him to get on the podcast because oh, he's yeah. he's a great guy to talk to. So I can connect you guys. Yeah, but Mohamed Hashad, like, grew up in, in Montreal. Yeah. Uh, like, was one of the best Canadian basketball high school players oh, ever. Shit. Like, there's a, there's a tape that I don't know where it went, oh, but man. it showed, like, his high school mix yeah. like, insane. And then he went to he went to Northwestern, started four oh, years, yeah, I saw crazy, that, yeah. and then ended up like you know ten year career whatever. Um, but yeah, now he's working in uh, in management on a team in France. Yeah, yeah, and who, that's a legend too. John Wilkins. Oh yeah, you know, John Mustafa. Yeah. You know, there's so many guys. So many yeah, and we, we were good, man. We we got fourth in Africa. We were close to the World Cup. You know, so there was. We really could have done some some good stuff. Yeah, it's just so much untapped potential, and yep. I hope yeah, I hope exactly. it gets better. But yeah, um, other than that, you know, the podcast's been pretty nice half hour. I didn't even really realize it, you know, went by like that. But there you go. Wow. I'm nice. just gonna you know ask you the last question that we ask every single one of our guests. All it's right. pretty simple yet pretty complex. So, um, Sammy. Why do you do what you do every day? You know, why do you wake up and play professional basketball? Why do I do, man? That is that is exactly simple and complex, man. I I do it because I I had I enjoyed it as a kid, man. And yeah. I always tell myself like, like you get all stressed over like what coach is saying, yeah. what 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 other people are saying, and at the end of the day, you just have to say I'm playing because I enjoyed this when I was a little yeah. kid, like bouncing the ball around, you know. So you just play for that little kid. Um, 
that was just that was just enjoying it for for what it was. So I'd say that's probably it. Yep. All right, great answer. You know. Cool. So. Yeah, I think that's where we're gonna end the episode. Thanks for listening. If you're still um, tuned in, and thanks for coming on, Sammy means a lot. Perfect. Appreciate it, man. Anytime. Peace. All right, man. Tough.